everybody, get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on a beautiful weekend here in our nation's capital. And we have a great show today. Our drink segment is really going to be fun. There's a terrific new Persian restaurant out at Tyson's Corner in Fairfax Square called June. And it happens to be run by some... Like David June... Okay, if you say or, so. Yes, June is my dear. That's what it means in Persian. Oh, so. Like Anak says. Oh, did you just say David, my dear, in yes, Persian? Yes, right? Well, that's a first after 27 years. I can't so. believe <laughs> you didn't know that. Okay, go ahead. I did know it. Okay. You don't give me a chance. Mm. But the guys that run the Kitchen Collective, uh, Chef Chris Morgan and his sidekick, I don't know what you are, Saeed Haddad, uh, are in. Uh, they're pouring drinks today, but we also want to talk a bit about June. We had a crazy meal out there mm-hmm. and, and some great drinks. Uh, back with us are Jen Meltzer and her husband, head chef Ed Rivas. Uh, they're the co-owners of a bunch of restaurants um, um, out in the Silver Spring area, but they got a new one that sounds really fun. It's Friars Roadside. It's a roadside fried chicken and soft serve spot on New Hampshire Avenue. They're going to be in to talk about that, and they've got a big promotion coming up for Oyster Day. Mm-hmm. Singing my song, kids. Okay. All right. So Nikki and I are particularly partial to uh, foods from countries that uh, ring the Mediterranean. And there's a restaurant called Elidi down at uh, the Wharf. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun. It's a Lebanese restaurant founded by chef owner Philippe Massoud. He's in with his executive chef, Satine Dervige. Uh, and they're racking up lots of plaudits there in uh, that old Mike Isabella spot right Brooklyn. on the Wharf. Mm-hmm. Great spot. It great is a spot. Great spot. And because every great food show should end with dessert. There's a Baltimore-based ice cream company called The Charmery, uh, cooked up by David Alima and his wife, Laura. I want to give Laura some street cred here. Uh, but they've just opened their first D.C. area store at Chevy Chase Lake, which is about— Five feet from our house. <laughs> five feet from our house. I'm about to become a fatso again, I'm sure. Uh, but it sounds like a great—they've got all kinds of great specials and things that they do. You're going to hear about that as well. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start with Chris and Saeed, boys? Hello, come to the do? mic. Hi. Hey, you got to step by Hello. the mic. I feel like I just saw you. I know. Yeah, so when we went out to June a couple of weeks ago, we sort of went last minute um, and we walked in and I know I should have known that Saeed was going to be there, <laughs> but I just, it like took me a second. We walked in and he was right in front of the bar and he was like, Hi. Oh, I was hi. like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, look, it's a, a knack, I have a knack of appearing. I don't know how. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it was such a party there, and the vibe at June is just amazing. Can we talk a little bit about the concept and, Chris, how you guys all got, became a part of it? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, we're really excited about June. Uh, it is a project built by myself, Saeed, uh, and my two business partners, Najmi Batmanglish, who is mm-hmm. – the grand dom of Persian cuisine, as she's been called, mm-hmm. um, a cookbook author of nine cookbooks, and then our uh, business partner, Reza Farahani. Um, it came to be, we were on the hunt for a space for a food hall, believe it or not, for a company, uh, our company called The Kitchen Collective. Mm-hmm. And we stumbled upon the old Chef Jeff space in Tyson's, which is huge. 
And we didn't really know what to do with the space at first. And then we toured it around and we were like, oh, we could turn this into a food hall. But then on that would have been tight. It's a big space. It's also kind of awkward, you know, and it's it's not really presented like when you walk into it, it's very long. So Mm -hmm. it's not typical food hall setup. So Mm -hmm. we started toying around with the idea of doing a restaurant, which we always do when we say we're not going to open another full service restaurant. Sure. And then Reza started chatting about how he wanted to open a Persian concept for X amount of years and then. I'm very close with Najmie. Mm-hmm. Um, dating back 10 years, she sent a cookbook to me when my mom went to her cooking class when I was in San Francisco in 2012. We'd never met, saying, happy cooking, Chef Najmie. Uh-huh. And then 11 years later, I'm opening a restaurant with her. So super, super cool. But we just, you know, we called Najmie and said, how would you feel about doing a Persian restaurant with us in Tyson's? I grew up in McLean, so I was super close to home. And, you know, it's developed into this really fun concept. I think uh, for us, we're excited to show traditional Persian cuisine but also kind of some fun things that are lesser known. We're, we're focusing a lot on regional right, we're going to talk about yeah, all of that. Even though you're the drink guys, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But, and get uh, into it. So you tell us quickly what you're going to pour first, and then when we come back, we'll talk about the beverage program. Cool. What, what, what better way to start a meal than with a spritz? So I'm going to do a little twist on a, on a um, regular uh, Aperol spritz by using a Stellaria, which is a really fun new um, you know, orange liqueur out of Italy. And then uh, I'm going to sw- swap out a really nice dry Lambrusco um, instead of the regular bubbles mm-hmm. and a bright, bright orange peel in there. Great. All delicious. right. Delicious. You get to it? <laughs> Look what he does. It's like he's selling a Rolls Royce. I know. Um, okay. All right. So let's talk to Jen Meltzer and Ed Rivas from- We haven't seen you guys in a while. I think yeah. it's been like over a year. You know them That's if you know shame. the Silver Spring area because they own All Set and Money Muscle Barbecue. All mm-hmm. good. All mm-hmm. set. All good. Right. Um, but they got this new concept now that is fried chicken, fish, shrimp, and But it's frozen not treats. really a new concept, right? Wasn't it a concept that was already there and you guys sort of took it over? Can you give us a little bit of history? Yeah, funny. It started as um, the guys reached out to me to sort of partner with them. Um, but I couldn't imagine myself partnering and not having full control over what was on the menu. Mm-hmm. So, but we kind of started writing on the wall that maybe it would become available, and it, it worked out, and we took but it over. But what was the concept? Talk to us it through a, it a little bit. It was a fry. It was called Friars Roadside. Um, so they were just doing fried chicken, nothing mm-hmm. else. And soft serve. And soft serve, yes. But okay. like Baltimore ice. When I see fry, fryers, I'm like, that's an opportunity to fry everything. Sure. Let's fry, fry everything. Right. Yeah. Fried cheesecake, fried Oreos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, fried fish, fried, fried, fried shrimp. Fish, fried shrimp. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you, sometimes. and so you took it over and you just expanded. Mm-hmm. Expanded, menu. added our barbecue. Sure. So I built, we bought some new smokers and built them into the back of it. That mm-hmm. was the one thing I saw. I'm like, this is a perfect roadside place for barbecue. Well, I got okay. a question for you. When you when you take over a place that the neighborhood knows already, they sort of got it marked and branded in their heads. How do you how are you getting the word out that this is the new and improved? Well, I mean, they're on this show. Yeah, we come to visit right. you. Hello, America. Well, we have no, no, America. We have no, no, but seriously, no, but not just that, but <clears throat> sort of ingratiating yourself with the community. You are already there, mm. so you probably already have incredible outreach and people really trust you, but building right. on that. Yes. People really supported the last restaurant was in the space, and they were trying the best that they could do. And unfortunately, Opening during the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, not having maybe the financial support you need to open a restaurant. They just struggled. So with consistent recipes, I think. And my big thing was we always needed to place find a permanent place for our smoker. So while the idea of a fried chicken soft serve restaurant was super fun, I just wanted the back of it. 
So we can you're like, I have, I have intentions here. I, I wanted the smoker in right. there. Was the smoker cool. in? Set up in the back of all set. Where was it? The smoker was in a parking lot next right to next all door. set, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. which was fine Oof. for a little it was, while, but it was it was, never, it was fine. never fine. I'm lying. I'm putting I, operationally. It was really challenging um, to get the food out there, and then the the smoked food out, and then it was just <clears throat> at times a little sketchy. And yeah. I just needed it was it was not a long term solution. So right. we needed to find a place where I didn't feel like we were going to bother people with our smoke. Mm-hmm. And um, so when this space became available, it's a wonderful lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the building itself does have some uh, challenges that we're working through. Mm-hmm. And we put in a ton of work on our patio space. Yeah. I love it. I'm nice throwing patio. my best friend her baby shower there Aww. in a couple weeks. And it's really a magical, really family family spot. I love it. I can't wait to but celebrate I there. have to ask, like when I hear fried chicken and soft serve, mm-hmm. I think to myself, that sounds fun. Ocean City, Maryland is what I, I think. That, yeah, it sounds really interesting. But how do you make that something that people want to go to regularly? Year do you round. know what I mean? Because it, it seems so niche. Ed has diversified so much of the menu. And we actually started with an eight-cut chicken that we decided we wanted to and get halal. rid of. And, and halal. halal chicken. Mm-hmm. We decided to sort of get rid of those things because we do have a lot of pulled pork in the building. <laughs> and then we just added a ton of different sandwiches. So we only had a fried chicken sandwich with um, coleslaw and dill pickles. Oh, we just added, though, um, <laughs> a mambo chicken sandwich, a buffalo chicken sandwich, cordon and chicken blue. cordon bleu. We have yeah. the panini. We have our... Texas brisket. So really we have our pulled pork. Yeah, I mean, the, the food is so much. Well, that was more. my question. How do you? How are you telling the neighborhood that it's there? Is it you just enjoying word Again, of mouth? Again, they are success? on the We're show. We're on your show. <laughs> Again, and they have an amazing PR team. <laughs> we have an amazing sorry, PR I wanna, team. I want to like apologize for my. Answered. I want to apologize for her outsized ego. I don't think the world listens to this but show. But they have an amazing PR team. The civilized world, of course. But if they didn't know, I mean, a lot of our guests that came to All Set because Money Muscle is a little bit of a rider, so Money Muscle served out of All Set, right? And um, we're now serving it out of Friars Roadside. So a lot of guests that were driving from the Colesville area and the White Oak well, that's area what I was gonna ask. down You're to Silver Spring are like, super, we can just drive right. up the they street to, now. Right. Exactly. So there's been, but there's enough people to go around that, that enjoy great. barbecue. Mm-hmm. And how, like, with the addition of this, like, so you guys do a ton of catering, you do all that stuff. How does that engage with this and are you able to offer the same sorts of like are you able to offer from all of them in your catering program because that's such a huge part of what you all do absolutely i mean like jen says we love the the layout of the space in the back of it because i've added a thousand gallon smoker Mm -hmm. um we've added a new old hickory cabinet smoker so i've We've increased production times three. So Ed is the guy that likes spending money. He loves to spend <laughs> money on smokers. Spend money to make money. That's a, right. Yeah. Yes. That's what he always tries right. to remind I, me that. I, I'm like, stop spending I got to ask about the peanut butter and jelly milkshake. <gasps> oh, my because God. Because I saw that in the notes. Because I've been on a peanut butter and jelly kick lately. He has. Okay. He really okay. has. We're doing milkshakes with the mom. And he wants to mom. know why he's gaining weight. And I'm like, sorry, you're going to No, I mean. Chris Morgan yeah. told me I look beautiful, didn't uh-huh. you, Chris? It's funny. You we do. All, you look amazing. All no, the managers talk about it. We try to avoid working at fries because that place will fatten you up. I mean, you go there, you spend one day, you you can't help but hit the soft serve. You're going to grab a rib. It's just too many things to eat. That'll. Oh, well, and also you brought, cor- like, that cornbread is my kryptonite. <laughs> As you know, I love that Thank cornbread. Yes, it's so good. You. I feel like that cornbread should be mixed with some ice cream maybe later in the show. I was thinking that you could could whip that cornbread up and mainline it. (laughs) Yeah, that too. Okay, so we have to take a break, but when we come back, um, you guys are celebrating National Oyster Day at um, All Set. 
And uh, you have a really fun activation happening. I can't wait to talk about it. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. Hey, Nick, let's take a couple seconds to talk about the point. Oh, the point in Buzzard Point. Yeah. Well, Buzzard Point is really interesting because it's a new area that has totally kind of come up out of the water. It is where the Potomac and Anacostia Rivers meet, and now this development is there, and the Point D.C. is the very first restaurant there. So it has amazing water views, this incredible patio, fire pits. It is a great place to grab a drink and sit out and look at the water and eat amazing oysters. Oh, and seafood and sushi and steaks and more because we've done that. Exactly. So if you haven't been to the point, it's time for you to check it out. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Ed Revis and Jennifer Meltzer of All Set. They're neighbors of ours, Roadside. too. Where? No, David, Where I got to tell you because we know each other too well. It's I know. Revis. I know. Revis. Mm-hmm. <gasps> David Nellis. Well, it's R-E-A. Mm-hmm. I get well, it. I get don't it. tell him that it's wrong. <laughs> I have distant, I have distant covers. Own name. I have distant covers that say Re- Revis, so it's okay. Okay, okay Revis. To He's truth. too big to screw around okay. with. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, all right, so <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So uh, uh, we were talking about Friars Roadside, but it all set. You've got a big oysters event, and mm-hmm. we're going to be interviewing some oysters in a few minutes, and they're terrified. To be. <laughs> well, they should be. They're shaking in their shells. Uh, what's going on with that? I've always played with ideas we have over the years, but this year we decided to finally do, it came actually about in a manager meeting, we're like, let's have an oyster eating competition on National Oyster Day, which is Seriously? August 5th. I could win right. that. So then we really? started to oh. find, okay, please, you can you could For, apply at when that. It? DM us on social, all set DTSS. When is it's it? It's August 5th, Saturday, August 5th. August 5th. I'll be here. Coming mm-hmm. up. So basically we all decided how many oysters could we eat in a minute. So we got So one minute. So how many oysters? You have one minute. We're going to start everyone off with uh, 24 oysters. But you have to suck them out of the shell, right? You do. Yeah. You can prep them, but you can't touch them. But you can prep them because so I then did some research. People dump them into a container and just throw yeah. them back once the yeah. time starts. All of our managers and okay, one. Okay, that's gross. <laughs> and one fantastic. Um, I mean, my whole throat is just like. That just, <laughs> no, it, yeah. I Wait, ate so five. All of a sudden, I ate five, and then I was like, "Swallow! You have to swallow them if now." Them and in, I was like, "That's not my wait way." Wait a minute. Wait. If you get them in and then you barf, do you lose? Correct. You got to keep them down. Okay. Yeah, you got to keep them down. There's something you got to clean the meat out of sexual about oh, all yeah. this. Oh yeah, aphrodisiacs like, and hunger. No, wait, 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 wait. A very different route. The show, down, the show, you stay there. The show just started. <laughs> something in. totally different. We started to go kind of kinky there. I, I want to tell you though. So we're gonna accept 25 contestants. We're gonna do five heats of five. Okay. And the winner who eats the most can have. A dozen oysters every day at all set for the next year. Oh my God! I'd take Love that. Plus this. bragging rights, plus swag from all of our concepts. Well, plus, and it's right. just going to be really fun. If I win, then of course Nikki, when I come home, she'll have to hide in the closet, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, where you're is she? Be gone. Yeah. <laughs> so any of our concepts, if you want to DM Money See, Muscle, the funny thing is, it said he thinks I'm in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for all real. right, that's true. Let's hide in another room. Okay. All right. All right. So, all right. Tell everybody quick how we can become a part of that and then let's talk about where uh, tell everybody where all your concepts are and where we can find you online and on Instagram absolutely so if you want to get information about the oyster contest at all set on August 5th that is at all set DTSS like downtown Silver Spring Mm -hmm. but really all roads lead back to us so we're also at Money Muscle BBQ and Friars Friars Roadside so 
All right. Get in touch with us at all those places. We're in downtown Silver Spring. We're in New Hampshire Avenue. All over the place. Can't wait. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Jen Meltzer, not related to Steve Meltzer from Camp Shahola. Ed Revis. So I don't get the crap kicked out of me. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So, Saeed, we didn't really get to talk about the beverage program very much at June. Can we talk about how you incorporate sort of the flavors of Persian lively, like life into a cocktail menu uh, at a restaurant? Yeah, I mean, it's um, well, it's not that hard when you have a culture that is so, so like their their emphasis on fruits and preserving mm-hmm. and um the, the, the sour cherries I just and think the of jams like pomegranate and, and rose water yeah, I mean, right the, the 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 lush ingredients that they have on offer to mm-hmm. to, to create a cocktail list has been uh, a dream um you know not that being said obviously there isn't quite like a, a cocktail program per se uh currently but they do have a, a long long history of, no, but you've got a wine. huge Persian community out there, and exactly. I'll bet they're demanding as hell. Exactly. They, you know, you, well, I mean, you know, they're beautiful people. They are right. beautiful people, but I'm saying they deserve to be that. I know we got, we're part of that crew, <laughs> but but I mean, when they come in along with the food. By the way, my wife's Persian, just so I know that was. Mm-hmm. That, that, <laughs> that just that means you're name. passing. <laughs> um, um, but but I mean I'm sure that they I I know that they are very demanding about. Yeah. It. If you say you're a Persian restaurant, you're serving me a cocktail. This better remind me of home. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the whole the whole place itself, the whole building, everything that we're doing at June is is meant to be a flag for entire community. Mm-hmm. It's, supposed, it's supposed to be a source of pride for them. Um, so if I can take some take some classic American style cocktails, elevate them with with Persian ingredients, um, and 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 elevate them to the level that we would like June to be, um, then you know, then we. Well, and I think it's also really important. There are there June is a, it's not fine dining, but it's an upper echelon mm-hmm. restaurant and there are there are no Persian restaurants really in the DC metro area the one, on that level what, yeah there, there was, isn't and, and, and they're again, mostly fast casual yeah, Persian exactly. restaurants yeah and what we've seen we've seen uh, we've seen an influx of just families just oh, yeah. coming in dressed to the nines and we love it um, they're, they're coming in proud proud of the room and, and really really wanting us to succeed and it's been a wonderful thing to see all right what are you making next uh next I'm making our Majnoon cocktail Majnoon means crazy um it's uh it's a uh, it's basically our house martini. What we've done is we've taken um, a blanc vermouth from Spain and fat washed it with uh, Lebanese lebne. Um, just we could use any kind of thick yogurt. You just um, said my word. Yeah, I love that a, stuff. It's a good time. I know, I know, I know. So basically, taking taking a vermouth to the next level, uh, putting some jenipe in there and some uh, rose petal tea, some cucumber juice, uh, all sorts of fun things. Uh, some fresh mint, um, and then uh, basically make a really beautiful clean martini out of it at the end. Super sophisticated, but nice. well, very simple. And when we come back, I want to talk about fat washing. Sure, I want to definitely. Okay, she good. refers to that when I take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> fat washing. Okay, so when you said when you said Lebanese Lebna, <laughs> Philippe Massoud preened like a like a peacock over here. No, he here. did not. Don't, <laughs> Philippe, don't put that on him. Philippe is the. You don't know Philippe that Philippe well. Philippe is to say a that. Shit, I do now. Okay. Philippe. He's the chef owner of Ilili, which is a great Lebanese-inspired restaurant down at the wharf. We had a wonderful meal there. And he's brought in his uh, executive chef, Satin Dervige, who has laid out... um, A beautiful spread. Yeah. And uh, I just want to... Everything should have a diving board on it so I can just get into it. So, Philippe, take us kind of back to the start there. Why... Right, because the concept originated where? New York? Um, so the concept originated when my grandfather was born okay. in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm, I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm third generation in the industry, and mm-hmm. um, I wanted to do right by the cuisine and the culture. 
And Ilili was born out of that desire. In 2007, we opened in New York uh, right before the, the financial recession. Yes, yes, yes. We, we have been through well. everything. You know, all that's missing is the seven plagues and uh, <laughs> uh, <we've, laughs> and the frogs. <laughs> we've, right, we've right. been open for 15 years, and mm -hmm. uh, we opened at the wharf uh, on October 2021. Right. So, but when you created the restaurant concept in New York. Let's talk about what you were trying to bring to the table, the feel, the vibe, the food. Like you said, your grandfather is your inspiration. What was it about him and, and the cuisine that he served you? So my grandfather um, was the son of a stonemason, mm -hmm. and uh, he decided that he was going to have none of it. Him and his brothers started working as uh, prep cooks in the home of the wealthy Lebanese aristocrats. Mm -hmm. Subsequently, they went to Egypt, and then from there, they came back to Lebanon, opened a butcher shop in the Jewish quarters of Beirut, mm. and then opened the first catering hall restaurant uh, a la Balthazar style with a patisserie, chocolatier, cremier, mm. and restaurant. And they brought the Austrians to teach the Lebanese how to make pastries. Interesting. Because back then in the 1800s or early 1900s, all you had is clotted cream, fried dough, and simple syrup in the form not of Not that there's anything wrong with Absol any of that. Absolutely not. But we, you know. Clearly, I, we'll eat everything on the show. I mean, we were, we were a French colony at the time. And, mm -hmm. and, but the Austrians did pastries much better than anybody else. So mm. uh, we went uh, and did that. And, and subsequently, um, to make a long story short, uh, my grandfather and my grandmother uh, converted their home in the mountains of Lebanon into a bed and breakfast. Mm -hmm. um, and then they sold that, and we built a hotel called the Coral Beach in Beirut, in, which opened in 1965. That's wow. you? Cool. In which I became a refugee when the war broke out mm -hmm. uh, in 1975. I was four years old, and I lived in that hotel for my entire life. So my parents were in a room. I was in a room. My brother and sister were in another room. And, and my refuge from the war and the bombing and the killing was the kitchen. Mm. And I loved spending time in the kitchen. So little did I know that I was going to end up doing this. But sure. I was getting my training at a very early age. Wow. Well, let's Satinder, how did you come into all of this? What's your background and how did you end up doing it? Satinder has quite a resume. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been around. Yeah, uh, been around uh, for a while now. Like started my career back in India, then uh, in opened restaurant in Singapore, Abu Dhabi and Malaysia. And then finally... 2015, U.S. happened. And what? Why? Why come to the United States? I mean, especially when you were cooking all over the world. What was it about Wait, coming to cook here? Were you recruited, or you just decided to come? I. Uh, it was uh, actually the parent company who wanted to uh, bring in a concept and mm -hmm. show like how Indian food is done. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, also, I love travel, mm -hmm. and it's it's just an uh, another adventure for me. So you were focused on Indian food. Yes. So how do you sort of take that education, take your cooking powers transition. and transition to the flavors and textures of Lebanese cooking? So in, in uh, 2018, when I went back to India, like I was I was working in the best kitchens uh, in India. And uh, over there, like we, we used to cater like a lot of uh, wealthy families and, uh, you know, and we we collaborated with the chefs all over the world and that's how um, i came across one of the chefs uh, called kamal and uh, from uh, tablet and kamal and, Muzawak from yeah. Tawli, yeah so over there like uh, you know that was my first introduction to lebanese cuisine 
And, um, and did and it, uh, what was it? What did you taste? Was there hummus? Was there a grape was, leaf? What was it? Was there a flavor? Was there something that you had that you were like, this is so good? This is better than Indian food. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, it was it was very simple and it was very surprising, like how, how they can make, uh, uh, take like uh, chickpeas and, uh, you know, nice fresh and grind it up with some really nice quality olive oil and uh make it a meal yes yeah. right but it's not too dissimilar from some of the things if you think about dal or other you know sauces it, there's a lot of i don't want to say similarities but sort of um contextually if you think about like all the dips and things that you have in Indian cuisine and the same thing in Persian cuisine and the same thing in Lebanese cuisine or, you know, because, lot, because of the location. Well, not only that, but all the, the conquering and the falling back and the, yeah. you know, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. In the north of India, there are one million Jews. Mm-hmm. How did they get there? You know, it's, no it's like can't figure that out. because there's an ebb and flow starting with Alexander the Great and everybody. The Mongols. So, mm-hmm. so why don't you talk about some of the things you brought here? Um, you know what? We're going to take a break. No. Yes, we are. Okay. We're going to take a break. When we come back, let's talk about the food that you're serving here in D.C. Mm-hmm. This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. So much food in studio today. We'll be back in just a sec. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Philippe Massoud and Satinder uh, Vige uh, from Ilili. Uh, in New York, and also here now at the Wharf in D.C. Uh, well, it's been here for a while. Well, I said it's also here. Yes, but you mean like it's new. It's not. Vey. All right. Anyways, and that wasn't that was Yiddish. All right. So, <laughs> let's talk about your foods and how you guys collaborate. Well, in the menu, and um, because you know D.C. and New York obviously are both. Um, you have very educated clientele, so it's not like a lot of the things you're serving is new. But how do you bring your menu here to uh, the public and engage. So, so Elili's philosophy and raison d'etre is to really um, serve Lebanese cuisine in its purest and most authentic form mm-hmm. with ingredients that are not native to the cuisine, right? Um, so 60% of the menu is where you're going to get your real Lebanese fix if you are a Lebanese food connoisseur or a Levantine food mm-hmm. connoisseur. The other 40% of the menu is where there's creativity and everything is on the table and anything is possible. Mm -hmm. And this is where Satinder's uh, expertise and uh, freedom and artistry is allowed to bloom on the menu. Mm -hmm. Uh, We collaborate uh, very simply via video chat and whenever I come to town and we taste and we discuss, we have chats between the chefs here and the chefs in New York because for me it's all about the collaboration. Mm -hmm. Do you ever argue? Uh, no, not that I know. No, we agree to disagree. Yeah, we <laughs> agree to disagree. Yes, uh, very you, respectfully. As in, as say, in, you're chef, the owner. Okay. Chef <laughs> has smiling eyes. I feel like you don't argue. No. You just. No, we don't. We don't. We don't. <clears> very diplomat. Listen, mm-hmm. the days of uh, screaming and um, and and you know holding strong are over. It's all about uh, being present and. Uh, I'm here for that. <laughs> and understanding each other and giving. I don't think every chef feels that way still, but yes, it is. Uh, I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's very simple. When you're opening a restaurant and you owe people $800,000 and mm-hmm. you, you need to return $6 million to your investors, yes, your tolerance for mistakes is very different than 15 years later. Agreed. Uh, you know, so there is an evolution. There's a certain growth you go through. So that's why Chris has his hands around Saeed's throat. Right <laughs> so, Chef, let's talk about what you brought in today because you did bring in a sure. selection. And sure. I'd love to hear about your hummus yes. because – 
Listen, I'd actually love to taste your hummus. Okay, yeah, would you send some hummus over to David, please? Yes. Um, because, yeah, um, as, as we say in Lebanon, muchas gracias. <laughs> Thank you. Because, I mean, listen, there is really terrific hummus available in the grocery yeah. store, but fresh hummus is just mind-blowing. So what, lo- what a lot of people don't know is that hummus in Lebanon, and in particular in Beirut, mm-hmm. um, is uh, without garlic and no cumin. It's mm. a perfect balance between chickpeas, lemon, and tahini. Oh. And then it's supplemented with the olive oil. Mm-hmm. Um, the trick to a good hummus is the soaking of the chickpeas. My God. Um, mm-hmm. and, and truly allowing the chickpeas to fully bloom um, uh, and, and, and get rehydrated. Uh, and then, of course, having Lebanese tahini. Mm-hmm. Contrary to, to Turkish and other types of tahini, Lebanese tahini is not as roasted and doesn't have the bitterness. The seeds are not. Well, in yes. Israel, the, where do they get their tahini from? From Ethi- Well, they get the sesames from Ethiopia, and they're making them. As a matter of fact, I've seen some uh, brands in Israel that call, that are called Lebanese tahini mm-hmm. in the supermarket. Yeah. Because they know that you know the Israelis know that the Lebanese make some so really good tahini. It's so beautiful. Creamy. I could brush my teeth with this. <laughs> so, so, so this is the trick. So, the the proper hydration of the chickpea is what allows you to do that. Now. You will have different hummuses in different restaurants. If, if it looks like whipped cream or it's, it's become too uh, creamy, that's because it's been emulsified too much. And you okay. don't want to do that because it defeats the whole purpose of a healthy hummus. Because with each bite, you're going to end up having almost like a teaspoon of oil, which you mm-hmm. don't want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, less than 5% uh, fat in the way we make uh, our hummus. And then, of course, you have the olive oil, which is very good. See, mm-hmm. and what's yeah. interesting is, I mean, listen. Clearly, the show is called Foodie and the Beast, so I'm the meatball here. But you would never think of looking for that much detail, buying hummus off the shelf, for example. Or, so uh, for Lebanese, a, a good restaurant is known by its hummus. And if they can get the hummus right, then odds are everything else will be. Because right. it's the hardest dish to maintain and to do correctly. It is. Uh, because you have, to, you have to be committed to it. Right. Well, I um, would. we could go down a total rabbit hole, but yes. unfortunately we have to wrap up. Can you tell everybody, please, where we can um, – find you um, online on Instagram and here in, in D.C.? Well, we are at Ilili Restaurants, I-L-I-L-I. So I and Lily right after it, mm-hmm. restaurants.com. Uh, Instagram, Ilili D.C. New York is Ilili Restaurants. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. Excellent. Thank you both for coming yeah, in today. And the is killer. All this delicious stuff. I can't wait to dig in. All right. So, guys, Chris, okay. Saeed, why don't right. we talk a little bit? You guys are partners at the Kitchen Collective. What is that? Right. Uh, so the Kitchen Collective is a um, group of fast casual plus restaurants, if you will. So mm-hmm. uh, chef-driven fast casual concept. So it came into being that we wanted to open food halls with shared kitchen. Um, because aren't you opening up a Yasmin here? We are. Right? Across the street at the yeah, Heights, yeah. right? In, okay, in, that's what I thought. supposedly... Yeah, we'll, someday. Yeah, two yeah. weeks ago. I'll I know, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day, yeah. I've been told, but <laughs> right. a few weeks away. Yes, right. Um, anyway, we wanted to create chef-driven, fast-casual concepts. I think chefs, uh, myself included, always... Have, there's a ton of... I don't know a single chef that doesn't have a fun, fast-casual concept that they want to open. Mm-hmm. You know, being... Most of us are, you know, embedded in full-service concepts or grew up that way or raised that way as I was. And I've But the always, money is in the fast and the passion and can go in the fun. fall. It's really fun. And what I've been able to do with Reza and Saeed is reach out to my friends across the country who are well-known chefs and very reputable locally and otherwise and ask them if they have any fun concepts that they like to open, that they have, that they want to bring to D.C. Mm-hmm. or collaborate with us on, and then we bring them in and either partner That's with really them smart. or bring in their concept. And then 
I oversee the entire kitchen operation per each location. So for Tyson's, for example, we have two concepts rolled out there now, which is Yasmin and Pizza Serrata. Right. We also have in D.C. by Union Market. And then we're adding three more concepts over the course of the next uh, couple months. Okay. Um, next will be El Oso, which is with Chef Jonathan Zaragoza from Bidadia Zaragoza in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He's a beast. He's on, like, Netflix, Taco Chronicles. He's a machine. So a lot such of a it sweet gives, guy. Too. He's amazing. He's such a sweet guy. He's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it gives me a really fun opportunity to work with really amazing chefs and uh, also, you know, work with a get my food in a bunch of different or hands in a well, bunch of different. Well, it sounds like also you get to execute really different concepts Absolutely, constantly yeah. and grow your business. It's a totally unique model because I think a lot of people are always trying to figure out how to do their passion projects, which most chefs want as their like finer dining, more upscale project where the money is really made with that fast casual because you can turn it, you can reprint it, you can take it everywhere, and then then you can fund the other. Well, right? Let me ask a question because Philippe sort of – You have to hurry because we have to get right. drinking. And that is finding yeah. investors. I mean, you've got a lot going on. If you if I was a chef in Bim Bamboo and you said you have a concept you'd like to work on and I went, oh, yeah, man, I want to – whatever um, – do you say to them, well, well, we'll help you with the mechanics of it. you got to find the money, or do you help bring the money to the we, table? We bring the money to the table, depending on the concept. So what we've done with more, most of the chefs is we will pay for everything from PR to branding, all of it, soup to nuts. All we ask of the chefs is that they come in, they bring their menu, their expertise, training documents, all those things, and I work with them directly to get all the purveyors and everything set up, and then they just come into town, help us set up the concept, and then – Based on, depending on the concept, we have a certain time requirement that they come and spend with us sure. to make sure that I'm doing their food justice, which hopefully I will. Mm, I'd like Promise to meet your right, investors. So what are we making next? <laughs> uh, so next we're going to do, well, we did a martini and we did a spritz so far, so I'm going to keep going with the with the model and, st- and we're going to do a Negroni next. It's the Tahruni Negroni. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, we've t- this is a wonderful version because it just has uh, – a saffron ball in it, which just mm-hmm. makes it just fun. And it's got uh, a, another big part of Persian cuisine is the sabzi, so the herbs. Um, and this one has a beautiful bouquet of mint and basil that sticks out of it. And it's just, just gorgeous. Fun play on a Negroni. Excellent. Yes. Okay, while you're doing that, we're going to get to ice cream. All right. So <laughs> David Alima is a dreamer. That's really what you are. Absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> I love that. <clears throat> he's the... He's the uh, the founder, along with his wife, Laura, of the Charmery, which is a Baltimore-based ice cream company mm-hmm. that has just come to the D.C. area at Chevy Chase. Finally, we've been <laughs> found. Thank right. God. It was a wasteland before that. But now there's great ice cream right down the street from our house. But how did you get into ice cream? Yeah. Well, um, were you a stoner in college? I mean, yes, but <laughs> well, I have we have plays a part of it. I'm sorry, we ask the hard questions here, David. So. I used to before before doing ice cream. I was the manager of a reggae band, so it goes with okay. the territory. Yes, right. <laughs> don't don't worry, be happy. Okay. Yeah, right. No, right. seriously though, but what was it about ice cream and being in Baltimore? Um, yeah. You know, because I feel like. Much like coffee, you know how they're like we're in the fourth wave of coffee. I feel like ice cream has also had waves, right? Um, you know, totally. like that's a great the way to ben look at it. Ben and Jerry's era, you know, and there was this time where like ice cream became really hot, hot, which doesn't make sense, but you know, like really doing amazing she ingredients hasn't done her homework. and all that kind of stuff. And then it sort of like drifts away, and then it sort of comes back. So, what was it about you that pulled you in? Yeah, you, it's a great comparison. It's one I've actually thought a lot about, like the Starbucks to Ben you and can, Jerry's you can sort steal of. Mine. Don't <laughs> suck up to my wife. <laughs> you can steal mine. It's a good comparison. I'm very um, good with trends. So, 
Uh, I got, Laura actually got for her graduation from college a little Cuisinart home ice cream make, mm-hmm. making machine. Like one of those little pack jacks. Right. And didn't quite follow the instructions and hit it under a counter. <laughs> and I pulled it out one day and just started, I got a little Ben and Jerry's recipe cookbook, started making ice cream and fell in love with the process of it. And then everywhere we traveled, we would visit different ice cream shops. And then, like, we came to the conclusion that, like, secretly, ice cream shops are, like, the heartbeat of a community. Mm-hmm. It pulls everybody in. Like, I would say ice cream shops and dive bars. If you really want to know what a place is like, that's where you end up. Mm-hmm. And Laura went to school for hotel restaurant management. And at, we moved to Baltimore, and we didn't see these, like, there were great ice cream there, but not, like, this community ice cream shop. Mm. So we went and went all in and opened know, about 10 years ago. that's a huge leap. Hold on. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about what you wanted to see in this community shop with ice sure. cream. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. Okay, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Being charmed by David Alima, who is the founder, <laughs> master flavor maker, and dreamer of dreams for the Charmery, which so is a new ice cream shop in you Chevy and your wife, Chase. Um, Laura decided to open up a, a community center, basically, mm-hmm. but that was based around the ice cream. So how did you develop your recipes? What what was it that you wanted to execute in your ice cream? Was it crazy flavors? Was there a lot of intention in the kind of ingredients you use? Talk yeah. to us a little bit about it. Um, learning how to make ice cream, I kept hitting this wall where I was like, I want to use fresh ingredients in ice cream. I want to use real strawberries. Mm-hmm. I want to figure out how to do it. And everyone's like... Eh, the customer doesn't want that. They want consistency. Strawberries taste different. No. Right. I, thank you. I'm your customer. Thank you. I, I uh, think the integrity of the product is really important. And and it does come through in the flavor. It does. I mean, look at what we have in studio today. Yeah, I mean, you I look at all thing. this food, and I'm, I, I want to turn all this delicious food into ice cream. It's so amazing. Right. Um, <laughs> but I found a, a shop in North Carolina called The Parlor, and mm-hmm. they were the first one. They, I just worked with them for a week and hold strawberries and just watched their whole process. And then from there, you know, ice cream's such a blank slate. Um, one thing that I love that we've been able to do is, so every week we release a new flavor. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we've done been able to do a lot of really fun collaborations. Mm-hmm. Um, we've worked with, like, you know, photographers and poets, of course, amazing chefs. Right. And um, I, mean, I, 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 I already have, I have three collabs for you right now. I am so right. Ready for I see it. baklava from your Lily. <laughs> I see cornbread, right? No, from no, 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 no. We got we to gotta do the pulled pork one. We got to do, <laughs> okay. we got to go. I want to go uh, hummus. I want to go, I want to do, be real with it, you know? Okay. We, so we have seven flavors that never rotate. Mm-hmm. Those are like your traditional ice cream shop flavors, our take on them. There's pure vanilla, telltale chocolate. And then the rest, we are able to kind of like change like seasonally or as we desire. We, with mm-hmm. a new flavor every week, we're always like trying to come up with border and, that line. Of, and how are you with like where are you on cones and waffle cones? Like what's what's that experience like? I love a good cone. Okay, me too. That's we I'm make asking. waffle cones. Uh, we make waffle cones in-house partially because they just smell so amazing. Yum. When you walk in the shop, you're kind of hit with that amazing, like, mm-hmm. bakery smell. So, yeah, I love I love cones. I love – I'll eat ice cream any which way. Out of the pint. All my pint people, I'm with you. <laughs> Pulling it out of my the freezer. Brothers, Let's my go. My brothers and sisters. Let's go. I'm hey, with you all. That's right. Raise the roof. You don't have to eat your pints in shame. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Wait a minute. Whoa. Right, 
you no, try wait. to break up with somebody? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What about those of us who are into gallons? No. <laughs> totally there with you. <laughs> wow. And so what made you decide to come to this area? I mean, it, it's so funny. We're actually, this is our, our fifth shop, and we're kind of following the trajectory of our life. Uh, I grew up in Baltimore. Laura grew up in Columbia, so we kind of went Baltimore, Columbia. Uh, we we spent five amazing years together here in D.C., mm-hmm. and D.C. has always been a part of our, like, story together. And so it, it doesn't feel foreign to come up here. It feels kind of like home. That's why, so nice Why pick hear. Chevy Chase as opposed to somewhere downtown, you know, We're 14th getting there. Street? You know, the farther away, we make all of our ice cream in our Baltimore oh, so. production facility. Mm-hmm. So we're just kind of taking little baby. We're kind of moving farther and farther until we can get all the systems well, together. Well, you need a partnership with Ed Revis, not Revis. <laughs> Ed Revis is not here. Ed Revis is here. And his wife, Jen. And then you figure it out. Yes, sir. You put well, that ice cream I'm on a, top I'm of their I'm fried I'm chicken. A, we're going to link. We're so going to link. let me ask you, because you, the area that you opened in mm-hmm. is brand spanking new. Yeah. Like, all those residents are new. People are just moving in. It makes me a little nervous for you because I feel like it's going to take time. Don't be nervous. Mind you. I can't help it. I Don't be nervous. We did this. We did this in Colombia. A lot of times, what happens is, is we're a smaller space. Mm-hmm. So as a smaller space, you get that space will get eaten up by all you beautiful large restaurants mm-hmm. if you don't carve out your space right away. And we know we can survive and bring people for a couple years until all of a sudden it's a thriving. Metropolitan uh, all right, can, destination. Yes. Last night. Wait, That's uh, exactly what we yeah. were talking uh, about. Uh, like, can you hold out? We can hold out until we got it this. gets yep. what it needs. We right? know. We we move in and we know it's going to take two years. Okay. That's exactly some fast saying. questions. Number the 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 span of flavors is what? How many different choices are there? Sixteen. Two vegan. And you make special stuff every week. What are every we week. vegan out of? What's that? What's vegan out of? We do uh, a coconut milk base and a sorbet at all times. All right, and hours, because that's important, too, because... Hours. We're open at all of our shops from 12 to 10, and then Friday and Saturday, 12 to 11. Nice. Even at the Chevy Chase location? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Late night. Come yeah, on. Yeah, late night. No, I'm it's, here for it. No, because sec- our, our daughter is, a, is, a, is an ice cream connoisseur. Well, please. And, come on by. It's usually around 1030 where she goes... Hmm. But it may be because she's... Partaking she in could things. be cooking up something. I don't know. <laughs> tell, 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 tell her to meet, tell, tell to meet to... me in the back. Tell her to meet me in the back room. I got it. I mean, how great is it to be able to talk about being stoned and it's legal now? It's great. Never, never thought it's I'd great. see the I'm day, never to doing be this show straight again. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess that's kind of it. Just tell everybody where you are, the address, and how to find you online. We're in the new Chevy Chase Lakes. We're coming to uh, historic Walter Reed. Um, oh, Baltimore, wow. we have three locations in Columbia. Thecharmery.com, you can see everything. We're on all the socials as The Charmery. Well, congratulations. Right. Thank We're you. So I'm so happy to be here. Um, all right, guys. Back Said to you. and Chris. Chris. Step Hello. up to the plate. Right so right. I have a question about the drink program sure. in that it's a very large restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and these cocktails are sort of labor intensive. They feel that way to me. I mean, they're delicious, but there's so much intention Ooh. in each. Whoa. So how do you go about being able to produce them in a way that gets people their drinks? So the trick, is, the trick is the trick is that you front load the labor and prep. Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff, like the martini we just had, <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, kitchen labor costs. It's like, I am working <laughs> on the cocktail program. That's right. Um, no, Chris did say, Saeed doesn't do a damn thing. <laughs> I just woke up. Um, uh, 
So, so you know, a lot of the stuff can be made ahead of time. Um, you know, obviously the ice program, you know, the punch that was just in the last martini that we made. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you keep things simple. You know, like um, it looks like it's a it's kind of a del- uh, illusion of 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 hard to make when it's really not. I mean, that's three ingredients that are chilled pretty quickly and dumped right. over. Talk about this ice cube. So, uh, you know, saffron is, uh, you know, it's the gold of mm-hmm. of, of, of what we're doing, um, and uh, to have something that looks as decadent as that um, in, in your glass. Um, I mean, we've used that same ice cube um, and poured, uh, you know, a, you know, 18-year-old scotch on top of it for somebody. Um, it just really, really made their day, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's just it's just a little, little bit of decadence, um, somewhere weird, you know, uh, that you wouldn't expect it to be. Um, and you know, with the with the herbs right there, just in your nose as you're taking a sip, uh, mm-hmm. it's just it's just kind of part of the experience. It looks like a graphic of like the AI brain when it takes <laughs> yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about the wine program? Uh, so the wine program, um, it's one of the lo- larger wine programs that I put together. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not a sommelier; I just like to drink a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> but uh, you just play a lawyer on TV <laughs> yeah, too. Right? Yeah, I yeah. play a lawyer on TV. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, obviously there was there were some things that we need to hit on, you know, like Sarah Shiraz need to be around. Um, the Dariush uh, uh, vineyards are, are represented really well uh, out of Napa, uh, Napa Cali. Um, but, but what about like really engaging in what's going on with uh, wines from the Middle East and mm-hmm. those areas? I, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan, especially I Lebanese too. wine. Like I love a lot of the smaller batch Lebanese wine. Didn't I grew you up- serve? Didn't you have a Lebanese? We had a Lebanese wine rose? over there. Yeah. Uh, not, no, we, no, we no, had a, we had a really fun, uh, we had, uh, an orange wine actually. That's yes. what it was. Yeah. I kept, kept leaving it there. I don't know. It just disappeared. Disappearing we, every time. We kept pouring um, it. Uh, <laughs> I think you were drinking it because well, this, you're the one who said you drink like it, to drink it. so much. must be free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I am, I am a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of getting wine from places that you wouldn't expect them to be. At least mm-hmm. what, 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 um, what the supermarkets won't expect you to buy, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the Baltic states, the Middle East, North Africa, um, you know, weird parts of Spain and Italy that don't usually um, aren't, aren't known well, for. they don't have for, the budgets exactly. to get their but words out. Those, those, those grower wines are the best. And, I um, you know, um, a little bit of imperfection to me is perfection. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of what our wine list is. There's some grape varietals on there that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And it's just kind of fun stuff. I do have the, you know, I know where I, I, know where I live, but. Uh, there are the, the hits are there, but there are some fun things on there too. You wouldn't well, expect. and Chris, just to wrap up, can you just sort of encapsulate sort of the experience in June? Because uh, the Persians are coming, you know, and they're very picky, mm-hmm. you no. know, because well, because listen, they're making their they make that food at home. Mm-hmm. So when they go out to a restaurant, they're kind of like my tadig tastes like X. So can you just sort of encapsulate for everybody, sort of not just the Persians who go, but everybody who goes, what their experience in June? Can be. Well, I, I think the beauty of Persian cuisine is that there's, you know, there's so much history. Um, you know, you're not eating food just from Iran. It's food from everywhere in the region. I mm-hmm. mean, Najmi wrote a book on the Silk Road. And if you find yeah. time to buy that and read it, it's a phenomenal read. And it mm-hmm. speaks to the, you know, the transformation of food as it goes from East Asia all the way across mm-hmm. and into Europe. And I think some of the beauty of Persian food is you get to see that on our menu. You get to see things where you're like, oh, I thought this ingredient was French or this, that, and the other. Najmi will tell you everything's Persian. <laughs> uh, we're, but, we're also Persian, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> apparently. But, uh, you know, we're really just trying to uh, pay homage to the beautiful, beautiful regional cuisines of Iran. Mm-hmm. You know, different things from food from the Caspian is different from other parts of Iran. So we do regional cooking. So when someone says this dish is how my mother made it, Ours might be a little different because when Najmi was there and learned in this small village somewhere, you know, that's 
That's okay. uh, how we ended up. All right. Tell them. everybody where they can find June, please. Uh, 8045 Leesburg Pike behind Tiffany's, the old Chef Jeff space in Tyson's Corner. Fairfax be, Square. It used to be Fairfax across Square. from Hermes, but it's not anymore. But we'll we'll let that go. It's okay. <laughs> All right. All right go Thank ahead. you, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, am I wrapping up? All right, I just want to say, that's what Nikki said when she married me. A little bit of imperfection is perfection. <laughs> and she is totally right. And I also that. said, where is the Hermes store? <laughs> I, I said, I don't know, but I know where Cartier is. Um, all right, I just want to remind everybody, my the thing I've been you know, hawking every week is that war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. There, you know, There's misery all over the world. But in particular, that's a nasty piece of business. Send a dollar, send $10, whatever, to the Red Cross. Send it to Jose's group. Just try and help out because there are millions of refugees from that particular mess. And they all need your help. Um, everything you heard here today you can find on the listareyouwanted.com, the online e-zine that tells you everything that's happening in the D.C. metro area. Of course, you want to follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Threads, LinkedIn. And don't forget, Industry Night is now on YouTube, so you can check that out as well. Um, so much good things happening in and around the D.C. area. Get out there. Eat, drink. And take your kindness pills because everybody just wants you to have a good time. So be good to one another and have a delicious week. 